This week on Beyond Stillness, Stories After Stroke, we spotlight wife and caregiver, Dr. Ivy Randall from Chicago, Illinois. She served as a caregiver for both her mother and husband at the same time, while also trying to work full-time as a Chicago public school administrator. Dr. Ivy shares her journey from overwhelm to prioritizing her own health so that she is more equipped to serve as a caregiver and community member. Her talk is entitled, Working Spouse Caregiver. Thank you for joining us for part one, Dr. Ivy Randall's story. Hello and welcome to Beyond Stillness. Stroke offers a powerful, life-changing shift in perspective. Each colorful memory creates a parable for life's greater teachings, a compass for journeys ahead, and inspired wisdom for unique growth. This radio show, Beyond Stillness, offers an hour of pause for storytelling and reflection. Ultimately, Beyond Stillness is a welcoming environment that reveres the moment beyond strokes paralysis. Still moments unite humanity and divinity. I'm your host, Molly Bucola. Today we welcome guest Dr. Ivy Randall from Chicago, Illinois. She is the wife, business partner, and caregiver for her husband, Calvin Randall. She loves empowering children and adults through education. She worked in the Chicago public schools for 27 years, founded a summer camp called KIDS Kids Project, founded an educational not-for-profit called Skyscraper Mentorship Incorporated, and leads her own wellness group. Her talk is entitled, Working Spouse Caregiver. Before we begin today, we take a moment of pause, calling to mind the caregivers in our lives. All types of caregivers. Maybe our moms, dads, teachers, neighbors, aunts or uncles, people who have been there to support us in our uniqueness while inspiring us to be and become ourselves. Today, we give thanks for those people who have been with us throughout our time. And now I'm going to hand it over to Dr. Ivy Randall to share her story. Thank you, Miss Molly. Thank you for such a beautiful introduction and thank you for allowing me to share my story today. For six years, both my mom and husband were heavily dependent on me as a caregiver. In 2016, my mom was diagnosed with throat cancer and went through rounds of chemotherapy and radiation. A year later, my husband suffered two strokes, leaving him with a paralyzed right side. 
It has been a long road to recovery for him. I am very proud of his efforts, and our relationship has grown immensely throughout. Caregiving wasn't my only job. When my husband had his two strokes, I was at the height of my career as a Chicago Public Schools administrator, business owner, leader of our teaching ministry, wife, and mother. For the first 31 days after my husband's stroke, I took an intermittent leave of absence. This meant I worked three days a week at school and spent two days at the hospital with my husband. The added role was very traumatic for me. I did not see it coming. Therefore, I could not anticipate the workload. After 31 days in the hospital, Calvin returned home, having improved from being paralyzed on his right side. He was now able to get up, move around, and go to the bathroom on his own. I had to overcome my guilt of leaving Calvin at home on his own. I felt that people were saying things about me, just leaving Calvin at home alone, but also I knew that I had to go to work. We needed a roof over our heads and a way to pay the bills. I had to go to work. So I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. Caregivers have to make tough decisions. This is the part of the internal struggles a caregiver goes through. I'm trying to do a 24-7 job, and it's just not possible. Initially, I thought this was going to be manageable. However, as I continued this new journey of caregiving, I soon realized that caregiving was a full-time job. To be quite honest, before I began an attempt to manage this responsibility, it got messy. It was too much to handle. Double caregiving and my career at the same time? Since I had to work, I needed to prepare food for both Calvin and my mom. In addition, I needed to drive them to appointments, coordinate their health care needs, via phone and in person, shop, do the laundry, clean the house, and a list of other things to do. Looking back, I realized that I was not realistic in what I could do pragmatically. Not at all. At that point, I was fueled by strong negative emotions like sadness, hopelessness, guilt, false expectations, and old frustration. No one ever made me aware that I was in such an impossible situation. So, I finally broke down and cried out to God for help. I needed to cry out. It showed my humanity. It showed my weakness and emotional frailty. I came to grips with my limitations. The way that I would conquer this Goliath was to do what I could do and leave whatever I could not do until the next day. Took me a while, but I finally realized that I placed 
unrealistic expectations on myself. I felt like I was going to die. That was a real feeling that I had. I had reached a breaking point and it triggered my reality check. I was spiraling. Looking back, I asked myself, what were you thinking, Ivy? I was breaking down quickly. After five years of trying to toggle between work and caregiving, I finally decided to reevaluate my priorities. I realized that my work environment at school was toxic and that it was no longer a space that I want to all wanted to offer my talent, my time, and my emotions to. So I retired in June of 2022. Even though this took a big responsibility off my plate, I was still bogged down by guilt and frustration. I began to talk to God about the struggle. I've developed that type of communication with God over the years. So I was quite comfortable doing so. I hear his voice in my heart and thoughts. And his messages are clear to me. My own thoughts also are not as clear, but he is came through clear and poised. One of the greatest strategies that he shared with me was to just do the best I could. He told me that everyone was doing the best they could, even my siblings. You see, I was frustrated and in my mind, they weren't pulling their weight. I expected them to somehow help me more than they could. That was wrong of me to think that way. My sister lives in Virginia, and my brother is on call quite often for his job. And although though I knew this, I still wanted their help. This is an example of the internal voice that speaks to you when you feel the pressures of caregiving. I came to the conclusion that they could not do anything more than they were doing. God told me just to focus on doing my best and know that everyone else is doing their best too. This helped me tremendously. It helped me in my thinking and it helped me in my heart because it kept me from becoming bitter and disappointed with my siblings. Now, even though God shared this strategy with me, those feelings will emerge again. And I would have to harness those emotions time and time again and keep them in check. I'd remind myself that we were doing the best we could. The reality is that I could only control what I do. It was time to make some serious changes in my life. In order to be the best wife and caregiver I could be to my husband, I needed to get healthy. That I could control. I also decided that I needed to seek out experiences that brought me joy. So my sister-in-love, Goline, texted me a flyer for a line dance class. 
she asked me to take this class with her. I didn't even know what line dancing was. When I looked it up, I said, yes, this is my chance. I had always admired dancers and I had seen this type of dancing before. I just did not know what it was called. The day came when I was to start the dance class. The class was in the evening. I was excited. I didn't know what to expect or who would be there. Goline and I walked into a nice clubhouse in the suburbs. Thankfully, it was a small class, seven or so people. It was a quaint and personable space to have a class. The students were seasoned women. The world calls them seniors. They were a generation above me, but we were all beginners in line dancing. I felt like walking through that door was walking into a new phase of my caregiving journey. There was so much more outside the walls of my house. I needed this. Goline introduced us to each other and we soon met our dance teacher, Cassandra. She began to work with us one-on-one -on -one as we got registered. That first dance class was amazing. Although I had a start, a slow start, I felt so good learning the dance. I went into Ivy's world. I found that it brought me so much joy. We danced, we learned, we laughed. There were chemicals released in my body that made me feel great. I had this experience each time I went to class. I now knew that I needed to do things like this for myself that would help me feel this way. Happy, exhilarated, and positive about myself. It was so much fun. Now that I was in search of new healthy opportunities, more and more began to appear. The next thing I saw was an advertisement for strength training at the exercise coach. I felt excitement in my bones when I read the advertisement. The space was in a strip mall. When I walked in, everything was orderly and there was a clear regimen that people were following. There were people in there of all shapes, sizes, and ages. It was not crowded at all. The training was for 20-minute increments. So people came in to do their 20-minute training, and they left. I love that concept. It was not smelly due to sweat and such. Actually, we did not need gym clothes either. Just gym shoes. Another thing that I loved. My time was 7 a.m. on Tuesdays. I was able to take two free classes to try it out. I did, and I started strength training once a week. I participated in both dance and strength training for several months. The one-on-one -on -one coaching and short time period was just what I needed. I liked that they challenged my mobility. I worked consistently on my strength and flexibility, which helped me in my daily life. 
I can stand in lines longer and didn't feel off-centered getting into the car or stepping over things. I was also more patient and upbeat when caring for Kelvin at home. These two activities made me feel good on the inside. It gave me an opportunity to know what it felt like to put me first and prioritize my health and needs so that I could take care of my husband. It actually felt very liberating. For so long, I have had to focus on children, husband, and always on something else. To be able to focus on me was heaven. I wanted more of this feeling. But it isn't that simple. Even though I knew what gave me joy and made me feel liberated, it was easy for me to forget and get lost in the details and responsibilities of my caregiving role. In fact, there are times that I forget to take my own advice in choosing me. Sometimes months go by before I realize that I've lapsed in my self-care routines. I know that I have lost my compass when I try to complete seemingly unending tasks and when I feel a lull. I know that I need to jumpstart my self-care regimen again. In fact, the other day I was at one of those ruts and had been and it had been for months. Then a friend expressed expressed that she admires that I try new things like dance classes in the midst of the caregiving responsibilities. I hadn't been to dance class in nine months, but just then I went to YouTube to find a dance class. I pulled up the video by Answorth Robinson called Baby Why Me Line Dance. I love that song. And when I started dancing, those same feelings of joy, gusto, exhilaration came rushing back. These moments of joy in the home and outside the house relieved my stress and re-energized me so that I approached my caregiving responsibilities with more levity. And as time goes on, again, I get lost in the details and responsibilities. At one point in the midst of grief and, and the stress of caregiving, while preparing for my son's wedding, I developed shingles. People always tell me, if I'm not careful about taking care of myself, something will happen to me, and it did. When Pastor Ron found out, he asked if I wanted to consult with our ministry's health team. Our team consists of a nurse, napropathic doctor, and a Hebrew health rabbi. I said yes. I connected with them, and they facilitated my health plan. Rabbi Mahar gave me a detox protocol. I followed that plan for five hours and felt like new. I had no more pain. I could hardly believe how quickly it worked. It worked so well, I did not even need the prescription that was given to me by my doctor. I was so encouraged by this event that I asked Rabbi Mahar if he had a protocol for weight loss. He said yes. He shared the Hebrew health protocol with me. After getting the nutrition supplements for the protocol, I asked my daughter if she would do the plan with me, and she said yes. 
four other friends and family members end up joining us too. Now there are five people on this journey with me. I could not believe how this organically developed into what is now a restoration of wellness group. I am creating and piloting a program to share not only about weight loss, but about wellness. Plowing into the space of choosing me has evolved into something beautiful and much needed. I couldn't survive as a caregiver, a person without priorities in myself. I started this group in November of 2023, and we all are well on our way to becoming healthier, not only physically, but socially, emotionally as well. The scripture Romans 8 and 28 comes to mind. As we think that all things work together, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And as I look back at the challenging season of becoming a home caregiver for two sick loved ones, I can truly say that I am making lemonade from the lemons that life has given me. I am proud of choosing me. I believe it is a very healthy and courageous decision to make for oneself. My friends repeatedly say, thank you, Ivy, for saying yes to yourself. It has had a positive impact on my life and health as well as others. They have thanked me for setting an example. That is a powerful statement. Calvin sees the difference too. He is proud of me and my journey as a caregiver and as a person. I'm now able to approach my caregiving duties and tasks with more levity, patience, purpose, and joy even. What a journey. What a journey. Thank you for guiding us through the tough initial moments before you threw up your hands and said, I can't continue this way. And offering us your pathway to those little joyous moments and choosing yourself, which, as you said, it's a courageous choice in order to then be able to serve more patiently. You are welcome, Molly. Thank you. And now we'll close with a moment of pause. Calling to mind parts of ourselves that might need a little care. Taking this moment to choose ourselves. Maybe we've been impatient with our minds. Gather a little love from your heart and send that care to your mind that really has overcome so much in its life. And our bodies sending love to all parts of our bodies, the left side, the right side, the hands, the feet, the mouth, whatever parts of ourselves, our bodies, that need to know that they are loved and cared for. And now, 
caring for ourselves as human beings. Understanding that life is a journey with joys and with struggles. But when we take the long view, we're more able to offer ourselves love and care and compassion and maybe even celebration for all that we've been through and all the work that we've done. And we give thanks. Thank you for devoting time and space to listen to part one, Dr. Ivy Randall's story. Stick with us for part two, Dr. Ivy Randall's interview. Each colorful memory creates a parable for life's greater teachings, a compass for journeys ahead, and inspired wisdom for unique growth. In this episode of Beyond Stillness, guest Dr. Ivy Randall offered her story entitled Working Spouse Caregiver. She shared about her journey from overwhelm to balance. She suggests that it's both courageous and healthy to choose yourself in order to become a better caregiver and community member. If you enjoyed this moment of pause for storytelling and reflection, please like, share, or subscribe to the Beyond Stillness Stories After Stroke podcast. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, as part of the stroke community, you are more than supportive. You are inspirational. If you are part of the stroke community and have a story you'd like to share on the show, please contact us, email m-o-l-l-y at beyondstillness.org.